welcome highfalutin ski bum podcast episode number 194 it is just me just your pal brian today mario is currently in italy skiing in the alps having a wonderful time celebrating his birthday so big happy birthday to mario he'll be back next week we'll be back together and we'll be doing a recap of his trip and if you're not following us on the socials particularly instagram instagram.com slash ski bump podcast you are missing out on some pretty sweet pictures you know what maybe you shouldn't look at them you'll be super jealous and you wish you had gone because they're getting great snow he's having a great time but we'll talk about that more next week for all of our information, check us out, skibumpodcast.com. We're on the socials, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at skibumpodcast. If you want to send us an email, skibumpodcast at gmail.com. We are looking for reverse interns, a reverse CFO, <laughs> and some sponsors. So if you are any of those things, please hit us up. We are on your favorite podcasting app, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. Just do a search for us there. If you could rate and subscribe, we'd really appreciate it. We're also on YouTube, Pinterest, all over the place. Thank you again so much for listening. Give a shout out to our sponsor, Quickie Wax. Q-U-I-C-K-I-E-W-A-X.com. Thank you so much for sponsoring us, Quickie Wax. They are a Colorado ski bum based company. They make some great wax, four different temperatures. Check them out quickiewax.com. Thank you so much for sponsoring us. So this week's episode is going to be one of those episodes where we don't have all the, the normal topics and the guts of the podcast like we do. It's just a podcast that was recorded a few weeks ago in a car driving through Vermont. It is me and Andrea. We were just leaving Sugarbush and heading down Route 100. And we decided to record one with our experience at Sugarbush, which was a, a fantastic time. We had fantastic hosts, pretty good snow, actually, and a fun time just doing a recap of the mountain, Warren and Waitsfield, the two towns that were around. Some of the experiences we had, the places we went, the things we ate, the things we drank, the places we skied. So we hope you enjoy it. It's Brian and Andrea in a car driving back home from Sugarbush. So this is a very interesting, different, unique episode, which we've been doing a lot of lately, which I think is good for you folks, the listeners, and for us, the creators. Keep things fresh, keep things different, keep it interesting. We, and by we, I don't mean your pals, Mario and Brian. It's your other pals, Brian and the lovely Andrea. Hello. We are here in the car. We are currently driving in Vermont, and it is a winter wonderland. I wish I could show you a visual because all the trees are covered in snow. There's snow plows everywhere. It's been a great couple of days up here. We are currently driving from Sugarbush down to Mount Snow. En route en route at the moment. And we, we kind of talked about it a couple of days ago. And I said, you know, it's a bit of a drive. Why don't we just record a podcast on the way? Kills a little time, allows us to get our thoughts out immediately rather than letting them sit there and stew and then have some glue vine and Christmas cookies and forget some stuff. And 
after recap next week. So that's where we are right now. And that's what we're doing. It's been so long since I've been on this podcast. It really has. You haven't been on since Benjamin's come into the picture, have you? Yeah, pretty much. So basically you traded in your podcasting CMO job to be a mom. <laughs> we went from a CMO to an MOM. Yes. You but could say CMO still. You're still our CMO. I mean, who's who's going to fire you? <laughs> Obviously, I can't. <laughs> I don't think Mario has the grapes, so you're still the CMO. There you go. I'll take it. And it was great having you up here. And you know what? It's cool because you, you kind of chime in sometimes about the podcast, the things we talk about. And we got our stats from Spotify last week, and it was showing that, obviously, most of our listeners are male. I think between 25 and 40 was like our target demographic, which is spot on. But you were kind of saying, well, why don't you guys, if you want to get some more female listeners, why don't you guys bring in a female point of view more often? Yeah. And you're the most female point of view I can get on this podcast at this point. So, <laughs> Aside from your interviews, yeah. Aside from some of our interviews, yes. We had some we had Annalise a few weeks ago who was awesome. Um, trying to remember. We have a few other people lined up, which has been you know, really cool and fun. And the reason why we went to Sugarbush was actually a couple of reasons. One of them was we had a listener back in the springtime write us a, an email, and I'm sorry I forget the name. I have to go back into Facebook, and I really try to avoid Facebook, as I've been saying the last couple of weeks. And uh, we were kind of going back and forth, and he was like, you know, he's like, you guys talk a lot about Killington. Like, why don't you try venturing out to some other places? And I really thought about that and I said, that's a really good point. I mean, we do have a lot of friends and connections and, you know, places we really like at Killington, but we also don't know what else is out there because we go there so much. So we've already decided to mix things up a bit. And like we just mentioned before, we were just at Sugarbush and this is both of our first times skiing there. And luckily because some of the events that I attended in the fall, I got to meet uh, John Blay, who's the, I think he's the, uh, I'm sure it's the marketing coordinator or the, uh, the head of, of uh, public relations for Sugarbush. But we had some, a couple of great conversations. I was able to reach out to him. He was able to get us involved in this media day that they had there this week on Monday, the 16th. And it was, we were kind of like, half in, half out of the events of the day, which was totally cool. I mean, we were really kind of piggybacking off on an event they had in place, but it was it was a fantastic event. And before we even get into that, just one of the things that we talked about, because I was, you know, we were riding the chairlift with John a lot, talking, and it was cool. It was interesting because, you know, you kind of, whenever you go to a different ski resort, you always have your benchmark, everything you measure it against. And it was funny because on the way up, we were looking for a place to grab some food on Sunday night when we got up there. And we went on Yelp and you know, did the typical looking for you know, what we're looking for and reading the reviews. Hot tip, if you're ever in a long car ride and you want to kill time, go and read both five and one star Yelp reviews. You will hysterical. Hysterical. You will kill so much time. You will get some yucks. Great time killer. 
So we were doing not even meaning to be funny. <laughs> sometimes they're not, no. So we're doing that on the way up. And one of the places that we were looking to go to, and eventually did go to, they, uh, there was a, obviously a one-star review. And this lady was complaining about how they would serve her a beer at, I forget what time it was. 10.45. 10.45. And they said, we stopped serving at 10.30. This isn't Killington. <laughs> and I thought that was kind of funny. And that's, that seems to be kind of their, their tagline. Like if they don't, if someone has a particular request that they find objectionable in any sort of way, they'll be like, listen, we can't do that. This isn't killing tip. <laughs> and that immediately made me kind of think about, well, what's the, there's a goose in the middle of the road right now. A turkey. No, that's not a goose. Yeah, it's a turkey in the middle of the road. a turkey. Look at that turkey. Look at that. See, we are driving. That was it. Thanksgiving. <laughs> that, he survived Thanksgiving and he survived the Ski Bump Podcast mobile. So he's doing all right. It's going to be a good new year for that turkey. We are actually podcasting in the car and that was a real turkey. So you can't make this stuff up, folks. Uh, there's a lot of moose crossing signs, no turkey crossing signs. No turkey crossing signs. Where was I going with this? Um, oh, so I, the vibe. And, uh, you know, reading that review, that whole we're not killing them, made me think about, well, what's the vibe of this of this community like? Because every ski community has its own sort of vibe, ethos, predominant personality. And talking to John on the chairlift, I was kind of just asking, like, well, how long have you been doing this? How long have you been working here? You know, how did you end up here? And one of the funny or cool or interesting things about it was, you know, he said to get here, you have to pass a bunch of really good ski resorts, you know, because it's right on Route 100, which if you're familiar or not familiar, it kind of runs right along the Green Mountains through Vermont. And, you know, you kind of start down at Mount Snow, you hit Stratton, you hit Okemo, Magic, you hit Killington, and all the way up to, to Sugarbush and up to then. Stowe. I mean, it's, it's pretty cool. You look on the map, all the different ski resorts that are along this road. So even just to get to Sugarbush, you have to pass a bunch of other places. But he said the people who come to this place, they come because of that, because there is a certain vibe, a feel to it. And I didn't know what to expect, really. I mean, you know, again, you always have your expectations and, you know, having met John Egan last month and doing more research on him so I feel like an idiot when I actually did talk to him uh, you're like wow this guy is one of the best skiers of all time he's been all over the world dude has some crazy crazy stories to talk about a little bit later this is his home mountain like he can go live anywhere and be a resident pro anywhere but he chooses Sugarbush so that made me excited about the mountain and we actually got really lucky I don't know if it was because we're technically ski media now and we got an upgrade but we were supposed to stay at a different hotel also part of you know on the access road the sugar bush inn which is a very nice hotel we got bumped up to the claybrook and now if you any, ever see pictures of sugar bush that's kind of their right base of the mountain high-end hotel luxury residence. yeah it's like it's a hotel but it's also residences yeah. and we luckily got bumped up to that hotel and I will tell you that if Ski Magazine named them best serviced in the East, Sugarbush in general, they did not disappoint. That hotel, yeah. every person we spoke to was above and beyond awesome. And not like in a cheesy, annoying way. They were just super nice, super friendly, super accommodating. 
And I wish I would have gotten the name of the gentleman who's making omelets. <laughs> that guy. We can find out from John. We should find out. Yeah. He is an absolute treasure. <laughs> he made amazing omelets, number one. But he also, you know, he was a, a Boston guy, a local guy, you know, local New England guy. And he was he was breaking my balls over my omelet, which I loved. I got to kick out of that too. You got, the spe- <laughs> you got the special, whatever it was. Yes. The fancy uh, Israeli tomato-based thing. Oh, is that cool? With poached eggs. Great. Not my wheelhouse. Didn't want it. I got a, uh, you know, bacon omelet, bacon, spinach, mushroom, whatever omelet. He goes, ma'am, here's your uh, special. Great choice. And sir, here's your boring omelet. <laughs> Which, but then, you know, we started having a nice little conversation right after that. He said his wife is from New Jersey. He brought her up here. We started talking about Lawson's and their great beers. And uh, he actually ended up bringing us some warm oatmeal cookies to take with us when we went skiing for the day. Like, I mean... He didn't have to do that, but that was just like such a, a, a really kind, awesome little gesture. And it seemed like so many of the people there, that's the kind of things they were doing. Just kind, just above, and above and yeah. bingo. So I will a thousand percent recommend paying the extra money and staying at the Claybrook. That place was just phenomenal. And then the access to the mountain, you're right there. You know, you walk outside and you're right at the, uh, the Lincoln Peak section of the mountain for um, to hop on a couple of different chairlifts and do your thing. It was great. So, yeah. I Any would, other thoughts on the hotel? Or? The hotel? I mean, yeah, I mean, of course, there's all different kinds of rooms there. Um, my biggest thing is the mattress at any hotel because... You know, just from being pregnant, I think <laughs> I'm bad back. And uh, this place did not disappoint. Another reason you want to pay the extra money. Great mattress. Um, it's just important after a day of skiing, you just want to be able to sleep the whole night through, be comfortable. And um, that was huge for me. That's another huge thing, you know, just just the comfort aspect of it all. Um, the hot tub. Remember that? I was you about to go back to the hot tub. It. it was like the perfect temperature. It's one of those where you get in and you're not scalded right away. The temperature of, you know, it goes up as you're in there. And, yeah, it's one of those uh, things where, yeah, you know, you hate going in and just being like, I'm losing a layer of skin right now because right. of how hot it is. And then people are always like, oh, you'll adjust to it. Oh, okay, thanks. I'll adjust to it after I've got like, you know, secondary okay. burns. Perfect. After I'm cooked, after there's a ski bambulia base going on here, then you'll adjust to it. But I don't think we had ever experienced something like this before where it was, it was warm. It was like hot when you get in there, but then it, the temperature raises as your body gets used to it. So that was like just the icing on the cake, you know, for like everything that that this hotel thinks of. The temperature of the hot tubs was perfect. And it was one of those ones, they were outside but it was so close that you really couldn't even, even the whiniest of like Long Island broads couldn't even complain about <laughs> how long they had to be outside. Well, maybe one or two of them could, but it, it was just, the setup was perfect. They had a big heated outdoor pool, which we didn't even bother going into because when we were there, the hot tubs were empty and we just rolled right into the tubs. I mean, I, I really can't say enough about this hotel. They've really thought of everything. Yep. It, it was it was fantastic. And it was cool because they had the restaurant kind of connected to it. And then the skiing. 
like I said earlier, it was nice because we got connected with the um, the media group that they had there. So we got to have breakfast and then go out skiing with Win Smith, who is the president of Sugarbush. Yes. And I'm not exactly sure what his title, if it's going to remain that since they've sold to Altera. I think, I think he's still going to be involved, but I am not sure. No, I have the trail map. Yeah, the trail map had some really good information on that. Yeah. Because it's owned, it was owned by a, a small group of people with Wynn being the president. I think he's, I think he's like also an owner too. An owner. But again, because they sold to Altera, I don't know how that's going to change that because all of that yeah. came out after they printed this year's trail map, which is <laughs> kind of funny. And... You know, so we, we had breakfast with him and John Egan and his John Egan's son, Johnny, who's now a member of the uh, Icon Pass ski team. Going to be traveling all over the world. Sweet kid, yeah. Real nice, real like, really kind of like a soft-spoken kid. But we were out there, we saw him skiing a bit. And, I mean, <laughs> just ridiculous. You know, just unbelievably good. You know, there's certain genetics that are passed down and I guess growing up with your dad being amazing skier. Yeah. Um, you're going to get some of that in your DNA. And then we went out and, uh, ooh, there's a truck blocking the road. That's all right. He's, he's got, he's, he's plowing. He's doing his thing. Keep plowing, sir. But watching Egan ski was <laughs> just unbelievable. I mean, this guy, he's, what is he, in his late 50s? At least. He, yeah, is, yeah, yeah. maybe. But, I've never seen anyone just fly over bumps. And he's not a huge guy. Like, he's pretty no, short. He's a short guy. But he just but rips. He's like, unbelievable. Giant skis just rips. And, you know, anybody can look great in powder. We were skiing on some icy, because there was a lot of rain that came in last week here. So a lot of the rain killed a lot of the beautiful snowpack that they had. But we got a nice little squall, maybe like three inches or so the night before. And then we got hit again the next day, which was great. But on that particular Monday, it was kind of dust on crust. And he was just ripping through it like it was a foot of powder. Just smooth. It's like rocks, no big deal. Dirt, no big deal. Ice, just conquered it. It was it was just beautiful to watch him ski. Yeah. And such a cool guy. I mean, I was up with yeah. We went up a bunch of chairs with him, just kind of chatting, and he's telling us stories. And we took a little uh, warm-up break, maybe two hours into our, our ski day, and he just sat with us and just started, we just started, you know, chatting. And, I mean, some of these stories, I asked him, like, have you ever been, like, really scared out there on the mountain? Has there ever been any moments where you uh, kind of were, were scared and didn't know what to do? And he's like, well, there was this one time he went on this whole story about one it. time, <laughs> one time where he was in the middle of BC and his helicopter dropped him off. And he had to, you know, rappel down. He rappelled down twice. He was like, mm, I'm going to do this. And then the third time rappelled down and actually did it. And was like, it probably like a sheer cliff face that he skied down. It's like, yeah, I think I'm good now. I'm going to dial this back a bit. Well, I think we should preface that with like a little tidbit. He actually had to bribe the, the, heli, operator. the heli operator to, uh, he said, is there any place we could land that for, that you would actually, that you would say to yourself, you probably shouldn't do it 
<laughs> but you know, he, he that's what he said. He, he just, I think he wanted like his brother's snowsuit or something, yeah. right? Like, when was this in the, the mid nineties, early nineties, early nineties, yeah. yeah. And he bribed him with his um, his brother's uh, his brother's like orange snowsuit. Yeah. <laughs> so he got the snowsuit. And uh, brother didn't even know it was taken. He was looking for it for like an hour and a half, but it all went to a good cause. <laughs> yeah. I love that story. Oh, it was really funny. It would be cool to get him on here to tell the story. Yeah. That would be really fun. Um, but yeah, they, but then he was also talking about, you know, there were times where they were out in uh, Georgia, you know, out in the former Soviet Republic of Georgia that him and his brother he lost a bunch of people on the tour like people died you know I think it was 38 people in 48 hours yeah and they had to go searching for bodies two of them trying to find you know any survivors I mean he uh he has seen some stuff yeah in his, uh, his journey but the most friendly happy person you could ever be i mean just any any day on the snow or any day in doing an adventure he's he's happy and it was infectious like just being around just being around him was uh was such a such a treat such an honor so cool it was was so much fun it was like watching a ballet you know just the whole experience just watching him ski it was just perfection yeah seeing a master at work yep yeah, it was really cool. And yeah, we were chatting with uh, with Win Smith too, and of course the other John. We were joking how we met like five Johns there. Like the head lift operator was John, <laughs> you know, John Egan, John Blay. Like, I'm, like, do you have to be named John to get anywhere in this company here? <laughs> and yeah, it was it was just a good day. And again, we talked to some great people. We actually met in person, Wendy Ski Diva. So shout out to Wendy. It was great chatting with you. Um, we met a, a bunch of other folks who we you know, talked to online or, you know, kind of crossed paths with either in Boston or Asia or, or, you know, someplace or another. And got to actually spend some time with them on the mountain, which was great. And there are some people, man. I, I know age is one of those things where you say, oh, you're only as old as you act. But, you know. The knees, the ligaments, the bones, things start to crumble a bit when you hit certain age points. But there were some people, man, who could, in their 60s, 50s, 60s, can still just rip, which is very inspiring. And I know some of you youngins think, oh, haha, they'll never be me. I'll always be a badass. I'll always be strong and fit. Let me tell you, it hits certain age points, and things just start popping that, that shouldn't be popping. So... Watch the bumps, people. Ah, oh, there's so much fun. I know. That's one of the things that we're going to do in the spring, too. I really want to figure out why I'm working out the way I am. And is it the right thing to do? And how do we maintain longevity to keep skiing as long as possible? That's going to be a spring thing when I'm all depressed and all skied out for the season. But for now, sugar bush. So, again, we're skiing with these great folks. Now, we mentioned the rain. There was a lot of rain, which did suck and kill out of the snowpack. Luckily, while we were there, we did get a nice little uh, little powder day on Tuesday. It snowed all day. Probably, I don't know, call it four inches maybe? Yeah, I think it was. Based on what was on the car? Four. Yeah. Let's call it three to four. We're not going to use the Killington ruler. We're going <laughs> to 
were going to use the real ruler. About three to four inches. And it was pretty consistent all day long, which was nice. So it was a nice freshening up of the mountain. And the place was just empty. I love this week. This week before Christmas is the best possible week to go skiing. As long as there's good snow. Because it is just empty. Because everyone's doing their last-minute Christmas nonsense, the shopping, the parties, all that crap. You ski this week, it's there's just nobody out there. It's fantastic. Highly recommend it if you could make it happen. So yesterday, again, we had a great day. Uh, there's only about 30 or so trails open. And they haven't opened Mount Ellen yet, which is the um, one of the other peaks there connected to it. So there, there was limited terrain, but, you know, some of the runs, like organ grinder, like you could do that. And yesterday we did it a couple times and it was different each time just because of the way the snow fell, temperatures cooled, like everything was just, it was, it was the same, but it was also different, which was great. Here's a big truck. Oh boy. Oh boy. Yeah, stop here. Let's try not getting hit here. Oh, you can go to the right a little bit. Yeah, we're good. good. Not getting hit by this truck. Bonus. So it was, it was regardless that there was only a few trails open. It was still a lot of fun. And just talking to you know the folks from Sugarbush, they're like, oh yeah, when this opened, these glades are great. And there's this walk across uh, walk across the ridge that you can go on, which is really great. And it made me just kind of, you know, you, you, can, you look at the groomers, you look at the regular trails, like they're fun, but there is so much adventure possible at this mountain because it's a very vast, wide mountain. Now the vertical's decent, but it's just, there's a lot of terrain. It can get really steep and really, uh, there's a lot of really nice tree runs available on that, uh, that other part of the mountain. I think that's the, uh, oh, the trail map. Yeah that section is called it's not heaven's gate because we were over there it was like this over here Wait. yeah oh okay so this is that's the mount ellen side Ellen's kind side. of between those two wasn't it uh, oh the north rock no, it is, north, north lakes. lakes is that what it was um there's there's a few but there was like that that mount ridge ellen is where all the, the the glades are. Maybe Mount Allen was where that ridge was they were talking about. Exterminator Woods, Moose Run Woods, Semi Tough Woods, Rambles Woods, Elephant Woods. Yeah, there's. Well, we'll have to go back there again yeah. when it's fully open, when it's a fully operational battle station, and, and try it out again. But, I mean, I was. It was just a very fun place to ski. And again, it was only 30% open, maybe, if that. Again, for an early season trip, it was you know more than enough stuff to keep you, they to keep you busy. They were blowing out of it. They were really blowing a lot of snow. And they, they apparently used the Mad River as their water source. And talking to Wynn on the chairlift the one time, I was asking, like, how much water do you guys use every year for snowmaking? He said about 150 million gallons, which is a lot of freaking water. Do you remember how much he said would spurt out in like, in like a minute? What it was, was like it? A, I think it was a gallon a minute no. per snowblower. Per, uh, oh, per, 
No, I think it was more, it was more than that. Was it a gallon a minute? Was it like 60 gallons per minute or something? I think it was 60 gallons an hour. So a gallon per minute. Uh, that doesn't sound right. Uh, I know it doesn't sound right. So I, I thought it was 60 gallons a minute at first. I'm like, that's a gallon a second. That seems like too much, right? But you have to... It, they're... Per snow gun? They're shooting so hard and so fast. Like... Because they got to... It's surprised. The water's got to mix with the air to make the snow. Yeah. I don't know what that blend is. We'll have to look it up again. Yeah. Oh. It's a lot of snow. But they were, they were really cranking it out. You know, they, uh... Yeah, it's man-made snow, but it's still snow. So... We're able to enjoy it. Again, and it was pretty good. So it's a fun mountain. Yeah. It would be great to have again more open and to experience the full, the full experience. And I'd love to see if they can make that happen later on here. Uh, even do, you know, do a uh, a tour adventure with John Egan. That would be pretty sweet. So hopefully we can make that happen this season. That would be fun. Anything else about the mountain? Um, There's a lot of cool, cool like places to eat on the mountain too, like the Allen's Lodge. That yeah, was really neat. But it wasn't. They weren't serving food when we were there. But yeah, um, that was the one kind of tricky thing. I when think midweek they don't do that. Maybe or maybe like certain weeks they do. I don't know. Yeah, they. <laughs> in a way, it's awesome because there's no one there on the mountain early in the week, midweek, early in the season. But there's a lot of stuff that's not operational either. Which, hey, I'd rather have. I'd rather have less people, and less amenities. That's for sure. Than have it be all jammed up with people and everything being open. But it's uh, it was again, it was a lot of fun. It's a really fun mountain. And again, I was on thirty percent of the mountain being open. Do you remember the trail where you could just French fry it the whole way down? Remember, like the twisty one that we did. Oh, it was almost like a downhill course. Yeah. Yeah, we just kind of bombed that one down. Oh my, that wasn't, wasn't spring fun. You have the math, don't you? I do. Yes, let me look at it. But I remember what it's called here. Yeah. yeah that was a fun one. Yeah. It made you feel like you were, you know, downhill racer. Yeah. <laughs> Is it Jester? It might have been Jester. Jester? Yeah. Right about Ellen's Lodge. That could be it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you kind of stop at Ellen's Lodge. Warm up. Yeah. Or Lower Jester, too. Might have been Lower Jester. Lower Jester? Jester to Lower Jester. There you go. Now, I'm sure with that's probably one of those runs where it gets... When a lot of people are there, it gets jammed up with kind of noobs because it is kind of windy and slow and you can take your time if you want to. We were fortunate that it was empty, so we could just kind of bomb it down and cut the corners and go as fast as we wanted to. So much fun. Which was really cool, yeah. So anything else about the mountain that you uh, can think um, about? Yeah, you know, I think, you know, the temperature made the snow what they were blowing and whatever we got like yesterday it made it really nice it was like a perfect like 24 to 26 degrees 
So I think the, the weather conditions really contributed to how awesome it was. But Yeah, it wasn't super windy, right. which was nice. Monday was a little yeah. windier. Really, Yesterday was great. That's really it yeah. for my part. Yeah, I think, so was that your favorite run, you think? Jester? Um, one of them, yeah. Uh, you know, it was tough because it was not a lot open, but what we did... For a speed run. For, just, for a speed run, yeah, that would That was that really would be fun. It. I really liked Organ Grinder. Though. Yeah, I did too. That was fun. It, was, it, it goes it, all the way from the peak of uh, the top of Lincoln Peak to pretty much the bottom just a straight shot down <laughs> yeah it, it was, was all bumped out and that one of the lift was actually pretty cool too yeah the, um, that we did we only did part of super it Bravo I think it was under Super Bravo Valley right House yeah. yeah 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 but uh, the organ grinder it was now I'm not sure if that person was actually injured or if they were practicing because we saw Ski Patrol pulling someone off of it yeah. on a sled I'm thinking it was practice because they had a trainee guy had a trainee uh, jacket on. And the fact that they did it from the very top. <laughs> it was from the very top. So I don't think the person would have had a chance to get hurt yet. <laughs> but you never no. know. You never yeah, know. You never know. Someone could have tomahawked it in off that. that the entrance was pretty gnarly. Yeah. Uh, the way it was that day. But that was a fun run. I mean, again, if it had a little more snow, it would have been better, obviously. But it was a little icy, a little gnarly. You really had to pick your turns right. But it was it was fun. It was satisfying. That's for sure. And then you go up, you go down, and you, you hit a run like Jester where you can just bomb. And it just it feels so good. So those were those were kind of the two. If you did those back-to-back, it was like the, uh, the double feature. Maximum fun double feature. So on to other amenities of the resort. Now, you know, we're big craft beer guys and ladies. You're not really that big of a craft beer person. You can appreciate them. You can appreciate and appreciate ski beer. Yes. You're not going to have beer just on a regular day. Right. Unless it's a pumpkin beer, right? (laughs) It's kind of your jam. I'll have one or two per season. Yeah. But when you are in the cradle of craft beer utopia you really have to go and partake yes so one of our highest priorities off the mountain was to get over to lawson's finest liquids and their new brew house which i think has been open maybe two years now i think it's, that's what i well, think 2017 or what Sean was saying i think 2017 or 2018 we're on a first name basis now yes we met him we met Sean Lawson. We chatted with him a little bit. Very cool guy. He actually is from New Jersey, next town over from where we live currently. So it was cool to, uh, you know, to, to kind of that little local connection. And we were chatting. And super nice guy. And the facility is unbelievable. I mean, it is really beautiful. It's very, you know, Vermont log cabin looking inside, outside, high ceilings, a lot of woodwork big fireplace and then they have the big brew facility right next door to it where you can go and, and do a tours there a tour of that as well and we went there on a monday night thinking it's a monday night it's gonna be dead the place was packed absolutely jammed from about we got there i think at six yeah. parking lot was full and we're there for about maybe an hour hour and a half 
and it was still pretty crowded when we were leaving. They do live music from five to seven. Apparently, that's a very big thing. So I was chatting with one of the bartenders on Tuesday because we loved it so much and we went back. They have live music Mondays and all the locals show up. And the guy was saying, like, you pretty much see the same people here every week. And there's kids running around, there's band playing, you know, they're serving food. I thought it was some sort of, you know, maybe like a Christmas party for a ski club or something. Because it seemed like a lot of the people knew each other, but that's really what it was. Just a bunch of locals who all come there on Mondays for entertainment, which was cool. Now the beers. They had a special triple sunshine made with, I think it was mosaic and another kind of hop on cask. They just released it that Monday, and I luckily was able to get a a glass of that 10 ounce pour and the triple sunshine is so good this other one i mean it was so fresh and had a unique taste it was a little bit different than the regular triple it was so good i loved it too. even you loved it yeah, yeah. now fortunately or unfortunately i had that first because i didn't want them to run out and not be able to get it but I had a double sunshine after, which is also an unbelievable, very flavor, fruity IPA. I couldn't get all the taste out of it because that triple just like it blew my taste buds into orbit. But I was not mad at that one bit. So the Lostons, there's unbelievable beers on drafts, which is cool. They have a lot of, you know specialties that they do that only serve there. They have their retail store, which is cool. So all their beers are available there. Also, they have some cool food options. It's not a full menu, but they have some really... Like appetizer type app- stuff. Yeah. Soups, I think they had. Soups and sandwiches. Now we, because the folks were becoming, we got the lovely Full Monty, which was both the cheese and the charcuterie board. It was fantastic. It was so fantastic. Like I said, we actually repeated the experience on Tuesday because it was so awesome Monday. Went back Tuesday and it was, we, we go to different beers, but it was the, the same food that we got. They have a pretzel too. And the beer cheese, beer cheese made with what? Was it smoked Gouda and double, uh, double sunshine beer? Yeah, that was amazing. Oh. I mean, almost, there was no more pretzel left, but there was still beer cheese. I put my finger in there, like wiping out the sides and licking it. That's how good it was. If you're uh, one of those people who can't take milk, what's that, lactose intolerant? Yes. Is that disease now? Do you get a handicap spot now if you, you can't digest that's milk? Been, that's been a thing for a while. Cheese, milk. I the lactose thing. That's not celiac, is it? That's different. No, that's gluten. that's gluten. Celiac is gluten. There's so many diseases that I don't have. I can't, I can't keep track of all of them, so... Whatever the uh, the canny cheese or milk thing, if you have that, lactose. I'm very sorry. They don't put a lot of lactose in their beers, though, which some places do. So you can still get a beer, but maybe uh, don't get the the uh, beer cheese. That said, you don't get the beer cheese. The pretzel still comes with this butter. It's like a maple butter. Same thing. It was out of bread. was out of crackers from the charcuterie board. I just ate the butter. <laughs> Maple butter. It was so good. Now, I'm thinking, here's my thought. Think about this. Driving off the road here. Bulletproof coffee 
with maple butter. Bulletproof coffee with maple butter. Oh. Yeah, I can get behind that. Walking up the road here. I don't love my coffee sweet, but I bet for the majority. A hint of maple. Maple butter coffee? That would be awesome. Oh my God, that'd be amazing. So Lawson's, their beers, I mean, they really speak for themselves. And again, talking to Sean Lawson, you know, it's cool. He's a very humble guy, a very friendly guy. I mean, he was doing his thing, just walking around and talking to people. And like, oh, did you have a good time? Did you, have a, did you enjoy your experience? I mean, he cares so much. Like, this is his baby. And on the wall, they have, um, oh, breaks. They have a wall showing all of the, the different news stories that have come out about Lawson's, you know, his, his journey. And they have a beer advocate from 2013 showing him brewing in his garage in Warren, Vermont. And now to see this, this massive, beautiful facility that he's created. It's so cool. It's so cool seeing people who are just master craftspeople achieve success like this. It's inspiring. It's motivating. It's, and he's really helping out with the community to do a lot with the food banks in Vermont. Um, there's a few other causes. They were, um, they have a beer. It was like good brews for a good cause that all the proceeds go to, um, I forgot, I think it was the Vermont Food Bank or uh, one of their local causes. So they're always trying to give back, which is really nice to see as well. So if you ever get the chance to go up there, highly, highly, highly recommend it. One thing, Again, we wanted to, we actually wanted to go other places. We wanted to go to American Flatbread. We wanted to go to Worthy Burger too. But they were actually closed on Mondays and Tuesdays. So we couldn't go there. So I guess that's one of the rubs of being there during the week before the season's really up and rolling. Is that a lot of these places are still not at a full-time schedule. Hey, that's totally cool. I get it. We did, however, go to one of our favorites, Mad Taco. Now, Andrea, you have never been to Mad Taco. No. This is your first experience. Oh, my God. It was so good. Besides the fact that they gave our order away to somebody else first. <laughs> yeah. And it took a little while to get our food. They were super cool about being like, hey, guys, we're so sorry. Here's a giant, massive ice cream scoop of guacamole and some chips. We'll get your food ready right out to you. We had a couple different kind of tacos that we shared, right? We had slow burn. It's like a spicy pork. It's like a pineapple. Pineapple in it, yeah. Yeah. And then we had the brisket special. And those were two of the most amazing tacos I've ever had. They were amazing. The flavor was just so good. It was, it was a little bit sweet, a little bit of heat. Whoa, this road is really, really, really snowy and slippery. The tacos were so, I mean, it's hard to, to describe how good they were. I mean, it was one of those, and the way they do them, it's two tacos per order. You take a bite and like a quarter pound of beef of brisket falls out of it because it's so jam full of goodness. We got chicken tacos after because we were, it was late, we were hungry. The chicken taco was a bit of a step down, obviously. It was just like the triple sunshine. You start with the, the creme de la creme, the full flavor, and then the next thing isn't quite as good, even though it is really good. It's just mm-hmm. not the same level. Um, tacos are great. Again, if that, that slow burn isn't always on the menu one, if you're a pork person, 
highly recommend it. That brisket special, I don't know how often they have that, but that is a, if they do have it, absolutely go for it. Also, their beer menu is ridiculous. Of course, you're in the cradle of craft beer heaven. So they had the usual Lawson's, they had Hetty Topper in cans. They had a double IPA from Hill Farmstead. So the Ruwaka hops. Yeah, that's what you had, yeah. The Ruwaka double IPA. Now, Ruwaka hops are kind of new on the scene. Maybe they're not. They're new to me. Maybe they're new to everybody. It's been kind of a, a, a very unique flavor to them. And it's different than a Mosaic or a Galaxy or a, one of the other ones I'm not remembering right now. But this, it was just such a, it was a sweet flavorful just full body flavor that this IPA has I know we've been talking a lot about the IPAs that have lactose they have a whole different flavor profile they're they're good and certain places do them really well but Hill Farmstead the way they make their beers they just I don't know if it's the ingredients the water what they do but this beer had so much body and flavor and zero bitterness to it and it was so so tasty I don't know how you can even get that beer. I'm sure it's one of those things where you have to go to like three places. One of them being the uh, Hill Farmstead Brewery way up in the middle there. And uh, I forget what town it's in. What is even happening right now? Um, the wind is coming off the mountain and blowing all the It's a snow. freaking whiteout. You yeah. can't see anything. <laughs> Jeez. That was crazy. That was really funky. That was total whiteout there for a second. Sun is out. It's super bright. But there was just uh, crazy whiteout snow. Now we're back in the game here. Yeah, so Hill Farm said beer is always good, but that Rewaka double IPA was out of this world. Like we mentioned, a lot of places closed Mondays, Tuesdays in uh, preseason here. It's technically after Christmas is really when the season kicks off in the Northeast here. We had trouble finding a place for dinner last night, trying to go somewhere different. Um, after Lawson's the second time. And we ended up going to a Thai restaurant. Fit to be tied. Fit to be tied. Now, why does it seem like every Thai restaurant has to make some sort of like Thai pun with their name? <laughs> Is that a requirement? Because it's always like, tie me up. You know, like, <laughs> tie me up. <laughs> Tie me up, or uh, you know, <laughs> I don't know, shirt and tie. Like it's always something like cheeky. This one fit to be tied. That said, you walk in there, and you can just instantly go, "Okay, this place is going to be awesome." They had a full band set up, like right in the middle there. They had a full bar, good beers on draft. It smelled amazing when you walked in. Low ceilings. It was part of the hotel. It was part of the Sugarbush Inn. Decent crowd for late on a Tuesday. Always a good sign, too. Um, you know, we've all had Thai food. It's the standard fare. You know, you get pad thai, drunken noodles, all that good stuff. Mm. The food was dynamite. It's awesome, yeah. It was very good. And one of the cool things they had on draft that I kind of forced you to get, this is kind of after going from Lawson's, they had... The Citizen Cider Dirty Mayor on draft. Ciders aren't for everyone. I get it. 
They are delicious, though. You should really embrace the ciders every once in a while. With spicy food, this one, which has ginger and something else. I forget which, but the ginger is the predominant flavor in there. I've mentioned in the past, we've had it with sushi, it's dynamite. Thai food, also dynamite. Just the way the ginger kind of offsets the heat. It's a great, great flavor conglomeration there. Synergy. Flavor, synergy. The name of the game. What did you have again? Um, I had the green um, curry. Yes. With tofu. I don't know. I, I, I am not a vegetarian by any means, but um, for some reason I was just feeling the tofu and the vegetables. Oh, we did have a lot of burgery stuff. Yeah. Lots of beers. So I see why you went with that. Tofu, that you could keep. <laughs> it's very weird. You're not a tofu guy. Eh, it just seems dumb to me. I'd rather have beef. So I had beef, which was good. Even though I don't really want to know Thai, Chinese. Whenever you get beef, it's always that same weird, like, uh, it's just like that steakum kind of It's like shaved, shaved yeah. Consistency. Yeah. I don't really want to think too much about it, but I do like it. So I'm just going to keep running with it. It's like it's sick. <laughs> so that was good. So Sugarbush, the general vibe of the place, definitely different than a Killington, a Mount Snow, a J-Peak, Stowe. You know, it has its own feeling, its own vibe. And like, you know, we mentioned earlier, talking to John, he said, you know, people will go past other resorts to come here for a reason. And if you're looking for a place that has amazing service and amenities, I I don't even know what else I can recommend in the East comparing to that. They really go above and beyond the, uh, the whole Claybrook connected to Lincoln Peak part of it is, I mean, you can get to anywhere. You're right in the center of everything. It was a fantastic experience. Really great people, great access to skiing there. And just the general vibe of it. It's definitely more of a quieter, and I don't even want to say like elegant. It's not really that. It's just uh, almost more community. Like a more of a closer knit community there than some of the other places. Because it's a small town feel. Yeah. I kind of Warren Waitsfield community there. It was it was cool. Like it was definitely different, but I I can definitely see the allure there. And the whole we're not Killington, I get it. You know, after being there and experiencing it and just talking to the people, I get why that's something that I don't think every place is going to make that their credo there. But I can see, you know, they don't, they're not going for the big party atmosphere. They're not, they're not trying to have all these places open until two in the morning. They're not trying to get Wu-Tang to come to Sugarbush. <laughs> it's refreshing, put it that way. Well, yeah, if, if Killington's your, your kind of the, the bar, that's kind of like what we, we base a lot of our stuff in, good or bad, because um, we've been there the most. This place definitely has a different feel, and it's more of a, not even, I don't think family is even the word I would use, just more of a, a close-knit community feel to it. A lot of people um, knowing each other and kind of uh, propping 
other people in the area up instead of more of a, a competition. It's kind of a, we're all in this together. We're all like the Mad River Valley. We're all kind of, we all love love it here and love seeing people be successful. Kind of like, you know, Sean Lawson, seeing his place go up and be successful, helping out the community. Everyone's, you know, Lawson's is all over the, uh, the resort now. You can get it on draft. So it, it was, that was the thing I kind of took away from it. It's a little more classy and community based or communitive. Is that, the, is that a word? Um, I think it means something else. Probably. But, <laughs> but more of a, like a close. What you're trying to say, yeah. More of a we're in this together community. Taking care of you know, the different businesses kind of taking care of each other. Which I thought was really cool. But great. Great for families. Great for people um, wanting to go and uh, be adventurous too. So it had a really good mix of things that it was good at. And I know I am looking forward to going back there when everything is open mid-season. And hopefully being able to hook up again with, with the Johns and maybe do some a little more adventurous skiing to be really fun. Yeah. Any other final thoughts um, on the bush? <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think we covered everything and I would love to, to go back. I really would. I just hope I get the chance soon. <laughs> yeah. I was sad to leave. Definitely. It really, really was. Yeah. It's It really has a you know, that Warren Waitsfield area really does have a very old school New England feel to it. Which, if you're looking for that, I mean, it's a great mix of everything in that regard. Great skiing, classic New England. You can do those, you know, big groomers, or you can find those gnarly little tree runs that New England's known for. So, had a wonderful time there, and just a huge, huge thank you to John. John Blay, who uh, really hooked us up and, and got us into this uh, this media group and got us on the tour. Of course, chat with Johnny Egan and Ed Smith. They were great to talk to. And, you know, love to talk to them more. But uh, fantastic experience. So, highly recommend Sugar Bush. But it's been a great little trip up here. And we hope you guys. Enjoy it, and if you have any more questions, you know how to hit us up. Keep up podcast at gmail.com. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed that. We had a lot of fun recording it. So if you want more information, you can go to skibumpodcast.com. We'll have all of the links in there, the show notes. Check us out on all the socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We are at Ski Bump Podcast. Send us an email, skibumppodcast at gmail.com. Next week, we'll be back, Mario and Brian together, recapping Mario's trip to Italy. So we will talk to you guys next week. See ya.